you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and we are getting into, hey, just more more stuff, just talking to, talking about what's going on and what's happening. We've had some very interesting stories this morning that we want to continue to explore further, but hey, we also want to get into our, this is our penultimate question for the quiz for this week, guys. The second last question before the draw. So if you haven't answered questions this week, now is your time to do it, to get in the draw, to go for that amazing, awesome gratefulness jar, a beautiful piece of decor. But it's like a big jar that can just be used for anything. Perfect Christmas present. We want want to give it to you for free. Again, our number 0491-064-669. Matthew, what is that question? Gladly. And it says here... Question four, when Samuel picked David as king, God reminded us that while people look at the outward appearance, Mm -hmm. what does God look at? Yeah, awesome. I'll read that again. When Samuel picked David as king, God reminded us that while people look at the outward appearance, Mm -hmm. what does God look at? Mm -hmm. What does God look at? If you know the answer, hey, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text this morning. Got a couple text messages here coming in from you guys. Firstly, you got a hello this morning from David. Shout out David out in Western Australia. Got an amazing text. So we we did a bit of an intro for Western Sydney, which is our station of highlight this morning. All the people listening out in Western Sydney on 88.0. Got a text in from Daniel where he wrote, blessed, blessed listening to you guys from Western Sydney. I've been enjoying the conversations from Matthew Lawson and Danuta. Keep up the amazing work. Oh, thank you so much for that text, Daniel. And, uh, for, you know, listening, listening out there in, in Western Sydney, a, a local of that area, similarly to, to Matthew as well. Uh, but hey, got another text here from Brayden. He writes, It is so telling of their true agenda that promoting suppression of desires is illegal, but unqualified guidance officers are, allowing, are allowed to provide life-altering medication to minors. That has shown to ruin kids' lives. Mm-hmm. They're thinking that that is actually okay. And man, it's such a... I, I, I really... I wholeheartedly agree with your point, Brayden, because... Again, it, it reflects a, a a a pushing of an agenda that is is so telling because it's illogical. Like it's it's illogical to say, oh, it is actually good and it's healthy and it's virtuous to engage in these practices when we we know the reality is that it's <laughs> that it, we know the reality is that it's not. It's something that's not being dealt with properly. But they're saying that oh, the way to deal with it is that if anyone dissents from what we see as as healthy, not not just not and again and again, like there are practices of conversion therapy that have been used in the sixties and seventies and whatnot that have been terrible and they've been abusive. Most of those practices are actually taking place not in a faith-based forum, but in a in a health-based forum. Like because it used to be illegal to be homosexual, and so they'd use electric shock therapy, these kinds of things. Like obviously, we saw you know a, a bigger tendency towards you know Christian-based culture back then, and we're seeing less of that now with the secularization of Australia. But again, this wasn't conversion therapy wasn't run by churches. Like it wasn't the whole idea of like all oh, these Christians are, are you know attacking. Uh, LGBT people. <laughs> it, was, it was run by the government. Like, like that was the reality of the situation. Uh, but now we've seen the shift that if you dissent in any way, even verbally, 
and not in and again what we're talking about here in in this context is not hey you know this this it's not like nazism in the sense of like oh you know kill the jews or kill the gays it's hey it's i don't think this is a positive lifestyle and i don't think it's healthy for someone to live this way to be suppressed from saying that is it it, it is a real infringement on freedom and it it's great to see that uh, well, it's terrible to see that unfortunately they're trying to pass legislation to continue this, but we do have the right and the ability to write into our MPs and to try and see this legislation either being stopped or, or changed. Hey, what's up, Producer Shell? Oh, uh, yeah, just be, while you're talking on that, though, we should give that um, uh, website one yeah, more time. Yeah, yeah. So that is contact your premier. Yeah, I think org it's org. Yeah. AU. Contact your, is it MP? Contact your MP or premier? premier. I think. Either way, you have the ability, either through that channel, which is uh, also it is established by the Freedom for Faith group through those yeah. channels, or through getting onto your you know local uh, local MP. Yeah, so uh, everybody needs to jump on that and do that because it's really vital for yeah. for our state and for this country. So even if you're not from mm. New South Wales, you can do it too. I hope. <laughs> we yeah. Need to. But yeah, I was just wanting to point out that those two stories kind of tie together. Mm-hmm. That we're, we're talking about. Uh, mental illness mm-hmm. in two in two formats. Yeah, here. So well, we, we talked talking about the about shooter in in, yeah. in the United States and, that has just unfolded. And we're yeah. living in a society now where mental illness is being lifted up. Yeah, and that it's uh, being excused, and we've we've got crime in America that the 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 democratic system that is in government there now is is excusing to the degree where they're like well well if people need to rob the store then the store should let them rob them because they obviously are needy yeah. and so wow. you know you've got to let them have the stuff instead of stopping them that's so and intense so this kind of mentality is going on too where where not just mental illness but just crime in general that's just leading to a degenerate society mm-hmm. And and that now we're seeing that here too, where where people who are struggling in any way, you're not allowed to help them, mm. and people who who maybe want uh, to understand what sin is and these sorts of things, and they they don't want to do it. We're living in a society where sin is the the thing that we're supposed to allow, and anybody who wants anything other than that mm. is being told not to. And yeah. and with. With the gun laws that we were talking about before, yeah. in, in in the states, and it's it, it's causing such a problem because mental illness isn't being brought under control in any way. Yeah, that's right. And and again, it was so interesting to see the, the immediate comments that were made after from political commentators, like this is going to become a political issue. The immediate press release from from the from. The, the Biden administration was, oh, this is obviously reflecting the need that we have to restrict gun, you know, restrict guns and gun control. But I, I, again, I will preface this by saying I like living in Australia where there is gun control. I like the fact that there's, there's less shootings here. It's just the reality of statistics and, and, and in a per capita sense as well. But that being said, I really don't see the, this shooting. I, th- I think the outcome of it is a gun issue. But in, like in, in the initial part here, it's not a gun issue. Mm. This guy, okay, so he makes a threat. He, well, firstly, he's struggling with like he's he's working as a gun instructor, struggling with PTSD from being a part of the army. So he works for the army, and he 
discloses to them that he's struggling with like hearing voices. And the response to that is he's institutionalized for two weeks. For two, and what happens in those two? Maybe they, they medicated him, but even that, like like a lot of the um, antipsychotic medications and whatnot, as particularly in the area of depression, especially, it, like to to really monitor how effective those things are working, it takes like six to seven weeks for them even to kick in. Like that's that's the advice that doctors mm. give. They're like, it'll take seven weeks for for you to know whether this medication is working that's in the case of depression but then whether it be you know uh, anti-anxiety medication or bipolar medication those kinds of things like there are periods of time in which you need to see whether these things are working this person has disclosed that they're having issues and they're like they've been institutionalized for two weeks but then allowed to go back to their their work as a gun instructor in which they then threatened the institution that they work for, the United States Coast Guard, that they are going to shoot up the place. And what is the response to that? Oh, well, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, well, you know, I, I, no criminal action taken at all. Like, and it reminds me of a, of a story. So this happened in 2012. Uh, there was this very famous story. There was a, a an 18 year old guy, a high schooler who was playing a computer game and got on there and made all these threats that he was going to shoot up a school as a joke, which is, like, awful, right? Mm -hmm. He was jailed for six years, and it became this very famous story of, like, because he didn't own any firearms, he didn't own it, he just said, like, I'm going to kill all these people, and he doxed the other person so he knew where they lived, and, like, this person who he's writing to is like, I'm going to shoot up your school and kill your family, like, as a joke, which is so awful, by the way. Like, I'm not excusing that. But he received six years in jail. For, for saying something like that. But this person received nothing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. So I, I guess in wrapping up, what we're seeing here is that justice isn't actually pervading it's not it's not actually justice isn't actually being uh, seen here in these situations even though the claim is that th- that it should be because oh we're much more tolerant now oh guys like you know we're much more focused on mental health now and solving mental health issues the reality is is that no, we're just excusing we're it. excusing it these problems and these issues are going even further more people are being hurt as a result and the actual need that we have is man is to, to solve this issue yes but to turn to Christ. What's up, Matthew? I was going to share, they'll never ever solve it on one particular basis. With mm-hmm. the increase of mental health, mm-hmm. that means you have increased patients and you have limited sizes of mental institutions to house them. For sure. So that means their retention rate is very low. They can mm-hmm. only hold them in for so many, uh, so for so long for lacking of beds. So mm-hmm. basically, if once upon a time, you can stay for two months, which is the, the minimal norm. Mm-hmm. It's reduced to two weeks. Wow. Yeah, and because we're in a society where we no longer want Christian values, Christian values is the only thing that helps us in the mental journey, really, yeah. to, to have to have a pure and clean mind and heart. Yeah. You need to have God. I can second that. Um, and so, sure. so the, mm-hmm. the mental issues are just, yeah, it's, 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 just, it's out of control. You've got mm. two, just to give you some weight of evidence, you've got two types of psychiatrists. You've mm-hmm. got your uh, mainstream, secular, you know, going through Freudian um, science doc, uh, uh, psychologists. Yeah. Then you've got your Christian 
counselors, yeah, slash psychologists. I'd go to a Christian psychologist any day, and this is the main reason for it. With your secular psychologist, they will tell you that the solution is in you. Mm-hmm. So that means what kind of help you need for a, super, a supernatural issue, you need a divine supernatural help, right? Mm. But they're saying you can solve it, and nine times out of ten you can't. Mm-hmm. You need that that percentage where God is the you know, your only mm. answer, like you were saying, Michelle. Those Christian values, those Christian um, mm-hmm. advices, that Christian connection, yeah, from the supernatural God to get you out of a supernatural sin. Yeah, and I I just want to speak to that too because I want to say that here at Faith FM we are not anti medicine. <laughs> like like I have plenty of friends who are doctors and even psychiatrists. Yes. Like and and I was you know last couple of years especially I'm currently at a higher you know uh, a higher education institution. I'm at Avondale, but working at Newcastle Uni, a, a secular higher education institution, and and many friends going there. Many of my Christian friends going there and learning you know health sciences and whatnot. Like, we are pro medicine here, one hundred percent. But that being said, in in terms of you know promoting Christian values in that space, like what, what's so interesting to see, Alcoholics Anonymous, which is one of the foremost programs in the world at solving issues of alcoholism and alcohol addiction, is only effective when they include the supernatural in the program. It's th- it's something that they've seen over and over again. Even if it's run by secular institutions, and even if, if, if the people facilitating it are secular, non-Christian, part of the 12-step program is, re- is connecting with God. And the reason is, is because in the many times... To- well, firstly, Alcoholics Anonymous was developed by Christians. Secondly, every time they've tried to remove that step and go from 12 to 11 steps, Alcoholics Anonymous fails. It falls flat every single time. It has remained a 12-step program that includes, one of the steps is turning to God and turning to something outside of yourself and relying on something outside of yourself is because that is the only effective way to overcome that addiction. And again, these addictions with sin that lead us to struggles with mental health. And, and again, I can say as someone who has, you know, I think we've all struggled with mental health oh, in yeah. some capacity. And for, as my, as myself, as I've disclosed on the show and I've told my testimony and whatnot, as someone who has personally struggled with mental health and as someone who has admittedly, you know, I've, I've been institutionalized in my life. I've spent as, as an 18 year old, I, I spent six weeks in, in hospital on suicide watch. And the thing that got me out of those struggles when I was 18 and I thought that life was bleak and there was no point in living anymore. The thing that changed my life wholeheartedly was coming to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And not only was it the shift in perspective as well, but as we've been talking about here in terms of Christian practices, uh, the biggest thing that was really enabling me in my struggles there was, you know, very much addiction um, to alcohol, addiction to, to gaming, a lot of things where I was just like sinking my life into like these practices of pleasure because I was so sad and I was so numb to the world. I was like, oh, if I just keep doing this, maybe things will get better, but they were obviously getting worse. When finally what was shared with me was a Christian perspective of, Lawson, if you do these things less, (laughs) because God wants you to do them less, you will live a better life. Like you will actually experience joy and happiness and peace and contentment. And that actually happened in my life i sit here as a, f- a host on faith fm as a university student as as a is as someone who works in the church and as someone who works also supporting people struggling with these issues too i, I sit here as one of those people uh, because 
of because of the change that Jesus wrought in my life from the Christian perspective. And again, if we can really circle back to what Michael Worker had been talking about, if we suppress those perspectives, we lose the battle of mental health. We we will. It's it's inevitable, and we know this. We know this both. You know, we can attest to that anecdotally uh, through our own lives, and uh, as as well as on a greater scheme, on a greater sense as well with some some data and whatnot. Hey, look, we've been able to rant this morning, but I think I think it's been very on topic. We've been, we've been talking about yes, things. Yes, let us know what you think, everybody. Yeah, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is our number to text. Let us know your perspective on these issues, on this legislation. We also want to encourage you as well to head out to uh, yeah, contact your MP, uh, contact your premier dot org dot au, and uh, let them know how you feel about this legislation going forward and being passed. Hey, let's get into the Bible study. You know, we've been talking about biblical themes and biblical perspectives, but let's get into our Bible study today, which is all about, well, we've been covering mission, we've been looking at the life of Abraham. We saw how, you know, Abraham, he was a part of this judgment that took place of Sodom and Gomorrah. We saw that he had this deep and and sense of yearning for those of Sodom and Gomorrah, that, that those who were innocent in that place would not receive the judgment of destruction. And Abraham's you know, want was very much heeded by God because that was God's want from the very beginning. Um, and we see this amazing transparency from God that as the, the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah is happening, Abraham is allowed to be included and to question God as in, in regards to, hey, God, you know, why is your judgment happening as such? You know, why are you going to destroy this town? What if there were 50 righteous people? And this is the thing. And we see this dialogue and just God being so transparent. And I think that that is just an amazing picture of a God who, who loves us, who cares for us. God, at the end of the day, God is judge. 100%. We don't, we don't have the right to, to change the judgments of God. But what it reflects, that situation reflects, is that God includes us in the process in the, in the sense that we get to see what is actually taking place, which is so amazing. And that unfolds very re- in a very real sense in Abraham's life. And we make a, uh, you could say, an eschatological, you know, application of that and an end-time application and then a post-end-time application of, you know, the millennium and, and being able to, to review the judgment of God. But now we come to, I believe today, the key ingredient that enabled Abraham to have this experience and live this kind of life. You know, we see Abraham so far, he's, he's, he has this mission to the people, he's been called by God to do these amazing things. But what actually has enabled him to do this? is kind of relating to what we've been talking about so far. It's like, wow, wow, you know, it's like, what actually enables change in these areas? What actually enables people to get help? What actually enables uh, people to experience God in their lives. And we're going to find that by reading Genesis chapter 12. And do you want to pick it up for us, Matthew? If you can read for us Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 1, 2, 3. If you can read that for us. Gladly. So that's Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, and it says as follows. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Mm -hmm. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. 
and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm, absolutely. This call is given from God to Abraham right at the very beginning. And we're going to see Abraham's response here and how it is that he lives up to this call from God or this promise of blessing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And it is time now for the final question for our quiz for this week. And guys, if there was ever a prize to get in on, it is this one because we're not, we're, like I love our prizes here, whether it's cookbooks or other kinds of books or the Bible or board games. But now we have we have some decor. If you want your house to look pretty, hey, 0491-064-669. But also, if you want to be blessed by being reminded to be grateful every single day, also text that number with the answer to this final quiz question. Give it to us, Matthew. Love to. Several of the 12 apostles shared a name. Which of these names, though, belonged to a sole apostle? Mm. It's interesting, that last bit. Several of the 12 apostles shared a name. So which of these names, though, belonged to a sole apostle? Okay, give us our options there out of the names that we have. It's Simon, James, Judas, or Thomas. Simon, James, Judas, or Thomas. You've got a one- in a quarter chance. Yeah, one in four. One in four. One in four, 25% we can see there. And and essentially, again, the question is, well, one of these names is only held by one apostle, and the other three are held by multiple apostles. So if you know the answer, 0491-064-669, that is the number to text, and you'll go into the draw for our amazing gratefulness jar, which will be, guys, like in... Very, very soon, eight forty-seven a.m. Just in a, in a, in about sixteen minutes or so, we will be drawing that one. So, guys, get ready: zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. Just have a quick text message here from Brett. He says, "As in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. We should also be encouraged and always keep these signs at the front of our mind. Salvation is nearer than we first believed." And I think the reality is such such a good point. Thank you so much, Brett, for writing in. Because as much as we can look here and, and criticize the legislation of these countries around the world, same time we're not we're not in the position of the MPs. And we know that the ship is sinking, man. Like like there was very much a perspective that was held in the the 1800s, the late 1700s, the 1800s in America. It's what's called post-millennialism, which is that there would be established by the Christianization of the world 1,000 years of peace before Jesus comes back. Now, for those who are astute in the Bible, you know, it's very much come to the conclusion that the, the idea of post-millennialism is incorrect because the reality of the situation is not that w- the world's going to get better before Jesus comes back, is that it's going to go, it's going to get way worse before Jesus comes back. It's going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. But what we can take hope in is that Jesus is returning. Our salvation is near. Let us draw close to him. And not only will you be blessed with eternal life, but also here and now. Jesus came to give life and life more abundant, which is just, you can start to live that now. You can experience heaven now by walking with Jesus. And again, you know, not in the sense that you'll be immortal and not suffering from pain and all these kinds of things, uh, but in the sense that the the contentment that Jesus is wanting to offer you is something that you can access today. And it's something that 
despite being, you know, receiving these blessings, at the same time, Abraham received being asked to depart his country. So we read the first three verses there of Genesis chapter 12. Do you want to pick it up in verse 4 for us? Do you want to read verse 4 of Genesis 12 for us, if you could, Matthew? Indeed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when Mm -hmm. he departed from Haran. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I... I'm a lot younger than 75 years old, and I, I give mad res- I give mad respect to our elderly, bro, because they've been they've been through it all, and it's you know they're they're getting it done, uh, which is amazing. But I am a lot younger than 75, and so are, so are you, Matthew. Absolutely, fair, fair bit younger than than 75, and like right now, if I was told by God. Hey, go and move to somewhere. I'm like, oh, cool, adventure, awesome. But imagine, you know, 75, like, retirement age. I think it's at that time you probably want to settle down, right? Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. unless you have a feeling of dissatisfaction. Yeah, sure. Maybe potentially if you have a feeling of dissatisfaction and, and that, can, that can arise particularly in the retirement years and it's good to be involved in things despite being of an old age. But... At the same time, I don't think many 75-year-olds would then say, hey, I want to uproot my life entirely. Like, it's like, hey, I'm feeling a bit dissatisfied. Maybe I should pick up a new hobby or something like that. Not, hey, uproot your entire life and leave the country of your family. And again, in an ancient context where you might never see them again. That's a great point, Brother Lawson. In fact, what I've come to learn, those who are inside the uh, the medium income earning uh, Mm -hmm. uh, sector, Mm -hmm. they they, as they get older into retirement years, tend to downsize. Sure. They don't tend to upsize. In fact, they have developed the wisdom that the more they have as they get older and they're moving somewhere else to finally you know, have their twilight years to settle into, mm-hmm. the harder it is. Wow. So they tend to downsize as they get older. Mm. So, for instance, one of my mates lives in... Uh, He's living in Raff Mines, where I believe he used to live. Yeah, yeah, where I grew up. Um, just a month ago, he's moved there yeah. from um, Claremont Meadows in Penrith. Yeah. And I helped him to transition. And he's living in a place that's called a duplex, which yeah. is a house split in two. Yeah. Where the house he left is the size of that duplex. Yeah, wow. So I've come to learn that elderly people start to downsize more and more. Um, as they get older, I'm not talk about the wealthy sector, talk about the middle class. Yeah, and the reality is, like we see, the the result of Abraham following this call here is that he wouldn't downsize; he'd very much upsize. He'd become incredibly wealthy. He'd have children, which he didn't have before. He's already quite wealthy, but he would become incredibly wealthy. He'd have children. He would participate in military con. Quest, which we which we saw earlier as well, you know, uh, fighting the Elamites and saving Lot and whatnot. He would he would go on from this point at the age of seventy five. He would begin one of the, just the most incredible journeys that you could possibly live. That but was so intense and hectic. That being said, like Abraham in in this situation here, you know, he he responds to God. By leaving and by, and by doing what God has said. And I think that despite the potential risks that had come in the situation, I think what Abraham was able to experience far outweighed 
the risks that he went through to do it. Like, Abraham will attest once we get to heaven. It's like, yeah, it was risky for me to leave home, but it was so worth it. And the question for us is like, the Christian life can seem as though it's risky, whether it come, it, it can come at the expense of our jobs or certain relationships or certain goals or aspirations or desires. Uh, and that might seem actually risky to walk down that road. But for Abraham, he was able to experience everything that God had laid out for him because when God had come with him to the call, Abraham submitted. Absolutely, Lawson. I agree with you there. In fact, I've come to learn that when God enters people's lives, it's because he sees a, a, in them a, a certain emptiness. Mm. And when he comes in, he makes a fullness. Mm. That's powerful. And God is wanting to do that for us all. And the call might not be as dramatic as Abraham, but I guarantee it will lead you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone, lead you to do things that might seem difficult. It'll lead you to do things that you could only acknowledge is the work of God. Uh, whether you are a, a plumber, a pastor, an entrepreneur, or a school child. Like, that is the call that God has for you. And so, we at Faith of Man want to wholeheartedly encourage you. If you're in a place right now, it's like, man, am I, am I, just, am I pressed? Am I challenged? Am I, am I really following the Lord? Hey, submit your life to Him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And it has come time where we do nothing. Actually, we're going to do a few things. But the first thing we are going to do is spin that wheel. You guys have been answering questions correctly all throughout the week. But now it's time to hit it. Hit it for our shell. Spin that wheel. Okay. It's spinning. It's slowing down. Oh. Oh. And we have a winner. Congratulations. Who is our winner for this week? Congratulations to Susan. Oi, shout out Suzanne for winning the prize this week, which is the beautiful porcelain jar, an amazing piece of decor. We're going to give that to you. We're going to send it down to you. And thanks for playing the quiz throughout the week. Suzanne, who had for this week one answer (laughs) correct. That is awesome. It's and a pass. It, that that is just amazing. To be fair, she only answered once. Yeah, so she got that's the right. answer that's right. The, she she got the answer right in the one that she answered. So shout out Suzanne. Fantastic work. We're gonna send that one down to you. Hey, let's run through some of our answers for the quiz. Uh well, firstly here, out of respect to Jesus, what special kind what what did Joseph of Arimathea do for Jesus? He had placed his body in his own tomb. So Jesus' body got placed into Joseph's tomb. Oh, which is awesome. Because, again, Joseph Arimathea, basically, if we if we work it out to today's money, like a billionaire, essentially, you know, a very, very famous, um, influential guy. And, yeah, let's Jesus, and you know, use his tomb as his follower as well. Do you want to fill in those blanks for us? Gladly fill in the blanks. Neither there, the answer is, silver, nor there, the answer there is gold. Mm-hmm. Shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. Oh, powerful. Can't rely on money. Need to rely on Jesus. Hey, which day was it that man and beast were created? It's day six. Yeah, awesome. One day shy of the Sabbath. That's right. Just before the end, it was like, hey, God did the most important work. Uh, when Samuel picked David as a king, what did he? What was he talking about? What do we need to look towards rather than the outward appearance? The heart. Mm. So it's interesting. The enemy likes to make us perform on the outside mm-hmm. and leave the inside untailored to, where with God, 
he looks at the heart and he makes sure that that heart is going for a, a heart change. Mm, amazing. Hey, and finally, who was the uh, who was the apostle that only had one of them out of those out of those four there? It was no doubt. Thomas. <laughs> that was the only thing that uh, this guy had no doubt about is that he was the only Thomas in the among the twelve, the twelve apostles. There, because there was two Simons, two James, two Judases, but there was only one Thomas, only one doubting Thomas. Which, dude, what a guy, bro! What a guy. Hey, got a few text messages to run through here. Janelle writes in regarding the school legislation. Ultimately, they are trying to eradicate Christianity. That's the bottom line. Not so much the rights of the people of certain persuasions. That. Is is really the type of a smokescreen. And absolutely, like, I agree. I agree because, and especially regarding conversion therapy, it doesn't exist. Like, Christian institutions are not running institutionalized conversion therapy. Why are they making these bills? To restrict the Christians of freedom, the freedoms of Christians. Like that, that is absolutely what it is. Uh, Freco writes in, he says, you do know that the next 50 years goes four times faster than the last 25. God bless. And of course, we're talking about Abraham being 75 when he left his home. And, you know, we come from a younger perspective. I know from myself, I'm, I'm 25, but apparently, according to, to Freco, I'm going to get, can get to 75 quite quick. It's going to, it's going to sneak up on me, apparently. Four times quicker than it took me to get to, to 25. Um, Stuart wrote in, he says, I love the immediate obedience of Abraham. Actually, yeah, Stuart, actually, Stuart continues to write. He says, God made a covenant of circumcision and he obeyed the same day. I think I would have delayed and, and sought another way. <laughs> In the ancient world, like a, 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 a medical procedure that had never been done before in that area, like, yeah, bro, like 100%. There's no anesthetic. And, and we do want to say as well, and I think the beautiful aspect of the story of Abraham is that he still wasn't perfect. No. He, like, messed up, like, made some serious, serious lapses in judgment and mistakes and whatnot. But that being said... When God called, he responded. He said, yep, okay. Like, God, all right. And that is what God is requiring of us. Of us. God knows you're a sinner. God knows you're going to sin. God knows you're going to fall. All we can do is turn to him, ask and pray for forgiveness, repent, and also trust that God is wanting to do a work in our hearts as well and change us. Reminds me of that uh, hymn, the words, uh, trust and obey, for there's no other way. Be oh. happy in Jesus. Them to trust and obey. Absolutely. That is the advice that has been given us by the Lord. That is the way that he is working in us. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You've been joined by myself, Lawson, Matthew as well. Matthew, how how, how are you feeling today? You good? Anything to do with doing the Sabbath school at the end? It's a spiritual oh, high. Powerful. And we look forward as well to church on the weekend and being able to rest and relax and spend time with our family and friends, but most of all, spend time with Jesus. And that's what we want to encourage you guys to do as well. Text in the word book and we'll give that to you for free. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and we are continuing on. We have an amazing program up to this, but guys, have a fantastic weekend and remember to talk faith, to live faith and to act faith and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Secure the fold.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.